pray. God, as we go to your word tonight, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, speak to us from your word, God. God, you tell us that when we go to your word, the Bible, that, um, that you speak to us. And, um, and God, just uh, we want to confess tonight that we, we need to hear from you, God. We want to hear from you. God, I, I know that some of us are even skeptical that we can't even hear from you. Um, so, Lord, will you, you just meet us where we're at tonight, God? Like, we're just real before you. We're just raw before you. We're just who we are before you. And then will you just meet us where we're at, God, with your word, with truth, and all that you want us to hear tonight, Lord. And just thank you for this time of worship, God. Uh, Lord, I, I just am reminded through the words of, of the song here just uh, how good you are, God, and how much um, we need you, how much I need you. So, Lord, just bless our time now in your word. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible, you can go to Colossians chapter 3. That's where we're going to be today. Now, let me ask you a question, okay? I'm just going to throw this out there, okay? So how many, you spend a lot of time in school. You spend a lot of time in school. And my question to you is, how much time do you think you spend at your school? Do you think you spend an hour? No, obviously, right? An hour, like, yeah. I think you spend like 15 hours at school. You had your hand up. What do you think? You raised your hand. What do you think? How many hours do you think you spend at school? I'm curious. Yeah. How many? Eight hours at school? Yeah. About eight hours a day, maybe. Is that what you said? I didn't, okay, all right. Anybody else? Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? About 10 hours a day? Okay, cool. But it just kind of depends, right? So check this out. Listen, you spend a lot of time at school. And so today we're going to take a one-week break from our series that we are in called We Believe. And last week we, we uh, finished up week three of our series, We Believe. And we keep saying that Jesus is better. That was like the first three weeks. And next week we're going to change gears. So I wanted to kind of split this up and take a little break and talk about school. I want to talk about your lives at school. So um, there are 168 hours in one week. In one week, you have 168 hours, and you spend about 40 of those hours sleeping. Now, you may be like, no way, I don't sleep 40 hours a week. I sleep 30 hours a week, or I sleep, I don't know, it just varies, right? But if you were to get about eight hours of sleep, which most of you probably don't, you were like, that's a dream, right? Like, you wish you could get that much sleep. But if you could get that much sleep, you would sleep 40 hours a week, and that would leave you with about, it'd leave you with about 128 hours awake, more or less. And you probably spend... Even if you're like just an average, like you hate school student, you probably spend 40 hours a week at school. And that's not including practice, clubs that you're in. It's not including band. It's not including marching around on the band field in the hot sun. It's not including orchestra practice. It's not including UIL. It's not including the homework that you do. It's not including all that stuff on. It's not including Saturday practice. It's not including Saturday stuff that goes on. It's, not, it's just... The bare minimum, you spend about 44, 40 hours a week. And that gives you about, I don't know, more or less 80, 80, 80 or so hours um, left in the week to do other things like, well, homework wasn't included in that and all the other things that you do. And in fact, you know what? There's actually even this study out that says that you spend about one third of your day on social media or media in general. Not just social media, but you spend about one third of your day. Hey, listen, if that thing on your mouth it doesn't have the word of God on it, you should probably take it off and listen. So listen, so you probably spend about one third of your day on some kind of media, like music and 
just listening to music while you're doing homework even. You're kind of doing two things at once. Uh, it could be social media, whatever, right? So that's a lot of time. A lot of thing goes on, things go on in your day. So it's safe to say that school is like this significant part of your day. So I want to just challenge you today differently, okay? We're going to take a little break from our We Believe series and just talk about school. So I want to, I want to school you today. I want you to to, to walk away from today saying, Mom, uh, Marcus really schooled us today, all right? So um, that's where we're going today. So, um, but I want to challenge you differently today, and I want to challenge you to look at school differently. If I were to ask you, why do you go to school, what would you say? You'd probably say some really good things like, I go to school because my parents make me go to school. I go to school because it's, it's the law, and I, if I get truancy, then I have to go before the judge in court, and I've been truant before, and the judge says if he sees me again, he's going to be angry. Some of you are just sitting there going like, hey, that's me, all right? So, uh, so some of you are like, I, I, I want to go to school because I want to get an edumacation. Um, if you didn't get that, you need one, all right? So um, that's not an actual word. But anyway, some of you go to school because you you're like, I want to learn something. Everybody, all your friends around you are like, no, you don't. Stop acting like that. You know you don't even want to be here. Like, yes, I love school. I want to be here. No, I really love school. If you're that person, hey, good for you. That's great. We all need one of those people in our, persons in our lives, okay? Um, some of you are like, I like going to school because my friends are there. And that's a legit reason to go to school. Like, that's okay. Like, if school was a place without friends or if your friends were mean or kind of jerks to you, you probably wouldn't want to be there, all right? So that's a legit place, a legit reason to want to go to school and stuff like that. And all those are definitely good reasons. But I really want to push you today. Listen, I want, I want to push you really hard today because I want you to hear some things and some ways that are wrong when you think of school, wrong ways of thinking about schools. I want to push you really hard in the way that you think about school and why you're there and why you need to be there and stuff like that, all right? So here's the first wrong way, that I'm, wrong way of thinking that I want to give you about school. The wrong way to view school and your life, not just school, is that school is everything. Now, some of you guys, some of you are like, well, you don't have to tell me that. I hate school. I know school's not everything. But there is a contingent of us in here that will get to high school and get really ambitious, which is a good thing, by the way. And we'll get to college and feel like, oh, college is everything. Now, here's kind of what I see sometimes happen a lot. I see people grow up, and when they're kids, they love God. They're really close to God. When they get to uh, middle school and high school, they're hanging in there. They get to high school, older high school. They start to get really busy, and God starts to kind of become like just this just this person on the back burner. And then they get to college, and here's where the crazy stuff really happens. Because when they get to college, they're either pushing into their walk with God and becoming very close to God. Like their faith is becoming personal and their own. Or in college, they completely walk away from God and God is this afterthought until, I don't know, maybe 28, 30 years old or older, or until like a big crisis happens in life. Um, but here's the thing I want to say is that one of the wrong ways to view school and your life is that anything in your life is everything unless it's God. Now, listen, I want to show you this picture right here. This is an interesting picture behind me. This is a sketch. It's an artist rendering of a building that was being constructed at South Padre Island. And um, there's this place at South Padre Island I like to go fish. And this was many years ago now. I actually saw this building in construction a while back, uh, probably about, um, if I could, don't quote me on the date, probably about eight years ago or so now, maybe a little more. There's this place I like to go fishing. It's really quiet. I'm the kind of guy that when I fish, I like to be all by myself. As much as I love being with people, that I like to take moments with just like in complete solitude, just not talking to anybody. So I was out fishing one day, and I was noticing, that, noticing them building this, this thing you see behind me, this uh, high-rise condominium thing behind me. And it was, it was being constructed over many months. And, and then something happened. They just stopped construction and just sat there for a long time because the builders totally messed up 
the foundation of this thing. Now look at this next picture here, because in this picture here, you can literally see this thing leaning over to the side. You can see that it is like messed up and, and it's just sitting kind of like that. And it's just a little bit crooked. And you know, when they started building this thing on the messed up foundation, like when it was just one foot off the ground or two feet off the ground, I guarantee you it didn't look like it was tilting that much. Like it was just like a little bit off, right? And then as the, as the dudes start to get after it and start building this thing and pouring all the concrete and it gets to be 10, 20, 30 feet in the air, however many stories up it is, right? And they, they finish, they, they, like, they just top it out thinking that they can. So the foundation on this thing, because they were building it on the beach, hey man, how you doing? Uh, it started to do this. The foundation started to go, it was built on sand because it had a messed up foundation. And if you go to YouTube later, not now, because I'll call you out, if you go, you can find this building right here being demolished. They just tore the whole thing down. They actually blew it to smithereens with dynamite, and it just fell to the ground. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Just look for South Padre Island condominium explosion, and you see this whole thing coming down. It never got past the way you see it right there. Now, here's the thing. School is awesome. School is good. School is essential. You're guys like, no, it's not. Yeah, listen to me. Listen. I know you don't think so, but I have met students, children, teenagers, people your age that would do just about anything to be sitting where you are sitting at whatever school you go to. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I've looked into their eyes myself. I've heard their stories myself. They would do anything to be in an American school, getting an American education, and the access that you have to that is unparalleled. And so I know you don't think that, but you see, your thinking is just that you're, you're just a product of, of what's around you, which is you have all this access to school, but you don't realize that there are so many around the world that would do anything to be sitting in your shoes. And so you and I are ungrateful for the opportunities that we have. Told you I was going to push you and rub you raw tonight. But even with that, here's the reality. Reality is this, is that school, as essential as it is, is that you need to do good in school, you need to do well in school, you need to do your best, you need to give it your all, that school is not the foundation to build your life on. School is not what you can build all your life on. Your education isn't everything to you. And if you think that your education is everything to you, you will find, just like this tower behind me, that one day you will look back and realize that you have built your life on the wrong tower. And it may be many years from now when you realize that you have an education, you have a great job, you have everything that money could buy and pay for, but you built on the wrong foundation and it's not enough. Why? Because you are more than the brains that walk around inside this thing called a skull. You're more than the brains that are there. Okay? You have a soul. You have a spirit. You're a spiritual being. Now, school is awesome, and school is going to teach you a lot of things. School is going to teach you how to do fractions and decimals. Yeah. Some of you are like, I'm in ninth grade. I still don't know how to do that. Okay, that's okay. We'll help you out, all right? We'll help you out. We'll find you a math tutor, all right? Some of you are doing pre-cal. Some of you are doing, um, like, just trying to catch up, right? Just surviving. Some of you love, listen to me, listen to me, listen. Some of you love biology. You're like, man, I love biology. One day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dissect frogs for a living. Some of you are, some of you are, are you, you, you don't really like science and stuff like that, but you are, 
incredible writers and you love literature and that's just kind of how your mind thinks. Some of you are incredible musicians. Some of you love the sports dynamic of school and the relationships and the physical activity. My point is simply this, is that school teaches you so many important and vital things in life, but I want you to hear this, okay? The one thing that school cannot give you or teach you it will fail to give you is a solid foundation on anything spiritual. And even people that don't really know if they believe in God are ready to admit that they do believe we are spiritual beings, that we're not just flesh and blood with a brain and we die and everything is just gone forever. Many that don't even know what they believe, believe that we are some spiritual kind of a being. And school cannot give you and equip you um, with this part of your life. So school definitely isn't everything, right? Now here's the second thing. Second wrong way that, that you can think about life and school is this, is that you view your life as a compartment or compartmentalized. That means like there's like a lot of little sections to your life, right? So here's what I mean by that, right? You got your school part of your life, you got your friend part of your life, you got your family part of your life, and you got all these boxes, right? And God is one of those boxes. It's like, man, like when I go to church on Wednesday, I'm really like sitting in my God box. And then I'm sitting over here in my school box, and then I'm sitting over here in my activity box and my friend box, and you're just kind of like living life, just kind of jumping around back and forth, back and forth. And that is, that's a wrong way to view Life, And I want to push you today to have this bigger and this greater view of life and this greater view of school. Uh, do school. Listen to this. If you, don't, if you forget everything from today except for this one statement, remember this one. Do school with Christ at the center of your life. Do school and do everything in your life with Christ at the center. Don't let Christ be a compartment of your life next to school, next to family, next to everything else. God is not a compartment of your life. You do all of life with God at the center of your life and then see what happens to all those other compartments around you. Okay, quit treating God in your life like an activity because he's not an activity. He cares about your activities. He cares about your school and your progress. He, scares, he cares about the things that you enjoy and love about school and everything that comes with that. But God is not an activity to be enjoyed. So don't make him an, a compartment of your life. Instead, make him the center of your life. So Colossians 3, it'll be on the screen if you need it. Colossians 3, starting with verse 1, says this. It says, so if you have been raised with Christ, if you've been raised with Christ, seek things above where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. And then don't miss this. Set your minds on things that are above, not earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with God. And here's what this means. Listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, Linda. People that have a relationship with God, people that have a relationship with God, they know God, they, they talk to God, they live life with God, and they follow God through Jesus Christ. They, they look for God's way. Like looking for God and his way of life is what they're after. So it's so easy to forget that. You think about it. When you're on your phone, enjoying Snapchat or social media, whatever you do on your phone, are you ever just kind of going through your regular phone routine thinking to yourself, you know what? 
man, I love God, and I don't really know if this is God's way. Or do you just take whatever you run across on your phone wholeheartedly and say, well, I guess that's normal. You see, there's a big difference. See, people that know God and walk with God, they are setting their minds on things that are above, not on earthly things. And what that means is that the way you think about everything around here on earth is shaped by what you think and, and the way, with the, what you think about God and the way you live life with God in your life. So this is what I want to say about that. Listen, every single one of you here, we live on this earth and we, um, we enjoy the things of this earth, right? But, but the call for the person who follows Jesus is to set their mind on things above. So here's what happens. Are y'all tracking with me? It's very easy to understand. As somebody who walks with God and follows Jesus, when you set your mind on things above, it impacts the way you think about earthly things. So all of a sudden, Beyonce is dropping some awesome beats that you like, but you, you don't sit well with what she is saying anymore because you're setting your mind on things above. And so you don't agree with this way of living life because you've already been exposed to something better. Okay? When you're on your phone, enjoying the cynicism that is Twitter, I'm on Twitter, by the way. I'll give you my Twitter handle later. But when, when you're on Twitter, just enjoying and seeing the cynicism that is there, this, the, almost like this, this dark view of life, and life is just so messed up, and I hate it, and I also hate the people around me that are in this life and all that. Somebody who doesn't know God says, well, I guess that's what life is like, and I think the same thing. But when you set your mind on things above, you see that and you say, man, I am enjoying life so much more than what I'm seeing and reading right here. Okay? So setting your mind on things above impacts everything. And setting your, si- your eyes, your sight on things above also really is is putting Christ at the center of your life. It's the core of who you are. It's your identity, and everything flows from that. So I want you to check out this little picture of my little stick dude friend up here on the stage. And instead of a compartmentalized life where this guy has friends in this box and school in this box and parents in this box and the future in this box and God is in this box that he enjoys on Wednesday or Sunday, instead of that, okay, the, the right way, the, the way that somebody who knows God and follows God and loves God and lives in a relationship, listen to me, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, somebody who lives like this, Christ is at the center, okay? Christ is not an add-on to your life. He's at the center. He's at the core. He, he, he is your identity. Your identity becomes who you are in Jesus Christ. Your identity isn't that you are a musician. Your identity is that you are a follower of Christ who plays music and and is a musician but are not ultimately defined by your musician status. Your identity in Christ, when Christ is at the center and defines you, you are not then defined and your identity isn't in how many people follow you and like your photos on social media. 
Your identity isn't your popularity. Your identity isn't what people think about you. When you're walking in a relationship with God, your identity with Christ at the center is what Christ thinks about you. Your identity isn't the messed up things that your parents have done. Listen, all of our parents have made mistakes before. Some of them big. Some of them that have had crazy consequences around us. Okay, your identity isn't the mistakes that your parents have made. Your identity is what Jesus says about you. What Christ says about you. And Karina got up here and she sang this song. Before she sang that last song, she got up here and started reading from Romans 8. And she started dropping all these truth bombs from God's word saying, the, God's word says in Romans 8 that nothing will separate you from the love of God. And she started like listing all these things. And I was like, come on, girl, preach it. Drop that, man. Yes, that's so true. Because who we are in Christ is the truth. It's reality. And we've got to start putting our minds on things above. And so you see in this picture, this dude has Christ at the center. And all that he enjoys and does in life flows from Christ at the center. And when Christ is at the center, it changes the way you do school. It changes the way you see yourself at school. It changes the reason why you are at school. When Christ is at the center, it changes the way you see boyfriend and girlfriend stuff. It does. Everybody says boyfriend and girlfriend stuff is supposed to be like this. But if Christ is at the center of your life, you've been exposed to something better. You know something better exists. And so setting your eyes on things above, your mind on things above, means there's something better out there about God's way of doing boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. When you set your mind on things above regarding school, you start to act and live differently at school. You don't hate the teacher that everybody hates. Everybody around you may hate that one teacher. They can't stand that teacher. That teacher may even, to everybody, they think that that teacher deserves to be hated for how they are and the way they treat people. And that may be true for everybody else but you. Because when you set your mind on things above, you don't think like everybody else. You start to see the teacher the way Jesus would see that teacher, with this profound and deep need to be loved, even when they reject it. When you set your mind on things above at school, listen to this, listen to this. You start to treat people in your school, your friends and people that are not your friends, your enemies differently. Yeah, sure, the norm is to hate your enemy. The norm is to, I have enemies at school, I don't like this person, they did this, they did that, and, and it goes on and on, right? And that may be true, and that may be the norm, but you are not like everybody else when you follow Jesus. When you follow Jesus and you set your mind on things above, you are able to do what none of the other people around you can do which is to forgive your enemy. You have zero ability to forgive your enemy unless you set your mind on things above. And then you can actually walk through your school and instead of having bitterness toward another person, you can actually see them the way that God sees them. You see, when you set your mind on things above, you even start to see your schoolwork differently. Man, schoolwork is a drab sometimes, nine times out of 10. Schoolwork is a drab. It's, it's hard. It's tiring. You don't want to do it, right? 
But there's even purpose to your schoolwork when you set your minds on things above. Okay? So setting your mind on things above really changes everything um, in an incredible way. Now, the challenge is this. Number one is to do life and school with Christ at the center. Stop seeing this thing, uh, stop seeing school as this place you go to because you have to, and start seeing school as this place you go to with Christ at the center of who you are, affecting everything that happens around you at school. Number two, don't be a mule, okay? Don't be a donkey. You're like, what do you, man, that's kind of mean, right? Uh, it's not mean, it's just the, the Bible says don't be a donkey, okay? So this is what it says. It says, um, I will instruct you. This is God speaking. He says, I will teach you. God is saying, I want to teach you something. Did you hear that? God says, I want to teach you something. And I want to show you the way to go. Like, <clears throat> can you get this for a second? God is kind enough to say, I want to teach you something and I want to show you the way to go. Like, you don't need to be wandering around. You need to be like, man, like, what is the meaning of life? Or if you're not that profound, I wonder what I'm going to eat for lunch today. Like, you, you don't, like, like, listen, listen. Like, God says, I'm going to instruct you, and I'm going to show you the way to go. Now, don't miss this next part, because let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little something. Some. Uh, most of us are walking around school without realizing this next part at all. God says, I'm going to instruct you, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to show you the way to go. Now look what he says. Don't miss this part. He says, with my eye on you, I will give you count. In other words, God is saying, when you're walking through the halls of your school, my eye is on you. I'm watching you. Now someone's be like, oh, snap, I don't like that. But you, you, listen, you don't have to worry about God watching you. Like, like that's a good thing. It's a, it's a thing to be embracing that he's saying, I'm watching you. So he says this in verse nine, do not be like a horse. Do not be like a mule without understanding. A horse or a mule or a donkey doesn't have understanding. The next part says they have to have a bit in their mouth and that bit is used to control them. He says, don't be like that. I'm gonna give you everything you need, instruction and where to go so that you can understand and have knowledge. And then he says this, you wanna know where pain comes from? Pain comes from doing things your way without God. He says, many pains come to the wicked, but the ones who have trusted God, who trust in the Lord, will have faithful love. It's this thing of faithful love versus doing things your own way, and it leads to pain. Now, have y'all seen my three little daughters running around here once in a while, yeah? They're the cutest little things ever. Um, they're awesome. I love them so much. Listen, Juliana, she is in her one and a half year old daredevil stage. She's in a one and a half year old daredevil stage. That means she doesn't know if something is about to be really fun or if it's going to kill her, okay? She doesn't know yet. She doesn't know if that chair is gonna be fun to climb on and stand on or if it's gonna tip over and bust her chin open and, and require a hospital visit. She doesn't yet know if climbing on the sofa and jumping off is gonna hurt or be fun and she has no care in the world. So let me just tell you this about my daughter right now. You wanna know what it is? You wanna know what it is? Let me tell you, I'm watching her. I'm watching her. And there have been moments where under the watchful eye of mama or myself, 
where she is about to have a near-death experience. And under the watchful eye of mom or dad, we're like, boom, right there to catch her and be like, baby, I almost smashed your head on the concrete. Are you okay? And she's like, ha, and she gets up. Why? Because she doesn't yet know the difference between something that's going to cause her pain and something that is going to just be enjoyable and fun. And God says this, I'm watching you. And I want to teach you everything you need so that, so that you know that you are loved. But without me, you will have pain in this world. That's what he says. So here's the second challenge. The second challenge is this. It's don't be a mule. Don't be a donkey. Take God's instruction to school with you. When you're walking through those halls at school, you need to be knowing that God is watching you and that he is ready to teach you all that you need to walk through your school. The third challenge is this. It's real simple and we're done. As a follower of Jesus Christ, um, you are to live differently because you are different. And because you're different, embrace it. Embrace it. You're not like everybody else at school. Not as a follower of Jesus Christ. You're not like everybody else. You're different. And I frequently remind myself that the sooner I accept the fact that I am different because I follow Jesus, the more at peace I'm going to feel with being different from everybody else. In fact, you're even a little bit more knowledgeable than your teachers. This verse in Psalm 119 says this. Now, it doesn't mean you're smarter than your teachers, even though some of you think you are, right? But check out this verse in Psalm 119. It says this. I have more insight than all my teachers. Some of you are like, you're like, you're like duh, yeah, duh, I've known that for a long time. Some of, you, some of the adults might be teachers in here, but if, if you're a teacher here, I'm sorry, okay? But this verse says, I have more insight than all my teachers. So you can go to your teacher and be like, the Bible says I know more than you, all right? No, and then you'll be like, okay, then why did you fail pre-cal again, all right? You don't know more than me, all right? So I don't know, all right? So the point is simply this. The verse doesn't, isn't talking about that, okay? But what it is saying is this, listen, listen is that your teachers have a lot to offer you. They teach you whatever subject you're studying, but where your te- your, some of your teachers might be the smartest people in your school and the smartest people around. But listen to this. If your teachers do not know God and do not walk with God, their spiritual insight, like what they understand about God, is limited. It's very small. And many of you in here who are followers of Jesus Christ have more spiritual insight around you than your teachers do. Because when you have a relationship with God, you are able to see things the way that God wants us to see them. Last picture, and I'm done. I want to show you this picture right here. It's a, it's a picture of a beautiful landscape. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Because it's blurry. All right? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you can walk around your school and begin to understand and see things differently than people around you because you see things or you begin to learn to see things the way that God sees you and the world becomes less and less blurry. Now, I want to unpack this a little bit more another day with only high schoolers in the room because there's some real specific things I want to talk about with you high schoolers, but not yet. We'll save that for another day. All right, so schooled. If I schooled you today, 
take it home, do something with it. If not, it's on you. Let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, I pray that today's three challenges would just kind of hit, hit home for us, that we would know that as we walk around school that we can take your instruction with us, that we should live life with you at the center, God, experiencing life the way you meant it to be. And God, I pray that you would just grow this love in us um, to live differently and to be okay with being different. Lord, we are not like the world around us that doesn't know you. And would you give us peace then, knowing that we are different? God, we don't like to not fit in. We don't like to be called out because we're different. But that's exactly what we are. So will you give us peace about that? Help us to care and love what you think about us more than the world and what they think about us. In Jesus' name, amen.